Are you ready to free the body and free the soul? Join Dr. David, the cutting edge doc, as he guides us on today's journey. Here's Dr. David. Welcome, friends. This is Dr. David, the cutting edge doc, here again with another exciting and empowering interview for your enjoyment and empowerment. And I'm very excited about today's show, today's interview. Um, as some of you know, one of my passions is the uh, use of very high quality therapeutic grade essential oils to enhance all sorts of aspects of human well-being. There are essential oils that work primarily on the physical body, the energy body, the emotional body, the mental body, the spiritual body. There are some that work on multiple levels. And um, if you have the proper guidance, it can be a wonderful blessing to have these oils in your life. And I'm particularly interested in the use of uh, therapeutic grade essential oils to enhance mental and emotional well-being. And so once I found an essential oil company that I really liked and I was seeing great results with myself and my family and my patients and my clients, then the next thing I started searching for was someone who really knew what was going on in terms of the application to the mental emotional level. And I was looking for somebody who had not only personal and clinical experience, but someone who also was a researcher at heart, because uh, it's not always easy living in the United States with the forces that we have at play here to really easily access valid scientific literature regarding the use of essential oils. And uh, fortunately, I finally found the right person, uh, a woman named Danielle Daniel. And so today, I'm going to be introducing you to Danielle Daniel and her work. So uh, I know it'll be a real blessing for you as it has been for me. So let me bring Danielle into the conversation. Danielle, welcome to Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul. Hi, thank you, Dr. David. <laughs> so why don't we start out at the very beginning and, um, you know, we'll be getting into the basics about essential oils and a lot more detail later, but just uh, so people can begin to get to know you a little bit. Maybe you could start out talking a little bit about your story, your life, your journey coming into how you got into the healing arts and then how you ended up deciding to focus on essential oils and how you became so passionate about using therapeutic grade essential oils for balancing and healing the mind and emotions. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. So as um, Dr. David said, my name is Danielle Daniel and I'm at LCSW, which means I'm a licensed clinical social worker. So I have my master's in social work from San Diego State and from San Diego, California. And I also am doing my doctorate in clinical psychology right now. So 
my whole, first of all, I will say a lot of people ask me about my name. They say, really, your name is Danielle. Daniel, sometimes I go to the checkout stand at the grocery store and they're like, oh, that's funny. And I'm like, yeah, it's a hoot, you know? So my name is, it is Danielle Daniel. Danielle's my middle name and it is not, um, my last name is my maiden name. So it's just kind of fun. It makes it easy to remember. And now that I've gotten so well known in the professional world, as Danielle Daniel, I'm just, it's just going to be staying that way. <laughs> so I have to tell you a little bit about my background. I was raised by a very naturalistic mother. So naturally, when I went into psychology, I, I wanted to explore the holistic world. But my mother um, just always liked holistic things and used herbs. She started using essential oils over 20 years ago with us. We had books, and this is, this is going to date me, but we had tapes. So the company we were ordering oils from would send us tapes. And so I, I just remember, even at a young age, I was a teenager when we had those tapes. <laughs> and I would just put those cassettes on and listen to them and, and just take notes. I just, I loved it. I wasn't thinking of going into it as a a field at that point when I was a teenager I was thinking about prom or <laughs> then you know the next uh, football game or something but I definitely was involved in the um, listening and the using of the essential oils um, back about over 20 years ago now so that's kind of my background with it and then I of course went down the field of education wanted to be in the healthcare industry that was a huge passion for me I even remember um, this was at our homecoming pageant for the homecoming queen pageant in high school. And they asked us on stage, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I remember I said, I want to be a radiologist. I didn't even know what a radiologist was. But again, I was just wanting to be in that healthcare industry and make a difference for people um, in, the, in their health. And so that's kind of what I started pursuing. I started doing my chemistries. And of course, my favorite stuff was nutrition. So I was looking at going into a degree in nutrition. But as I started studying that, I also took psychology courses. And that's where my heart just went, oh my gosh, I love studying the brain. It fascinates me, all the aspects of the brain of motivation and how chemistry and neurochemistry works together in the body and the brain. So that's where I began my studies in the mental health field. So I did my master's at San Diego State, like I said, in social work and became licensed and started doing treatment on um, individuals I did um, at a high-risk high school here in San Diego for many, many years. I was working for a medical clinic and that medical clinic placed me in the high school and I worked at their clinic as well. I also have worked previously to that um, homeless uh, shelter for teenagers and uh, it's uh, called San Diego Regional Center, but it's for developmental disabilities. So I've worked in many aspects of mental health um, field. And again, my favorite was working with the teenagers and high risk um, onset of psychiatric disorders, suicidal ideation and things like that. So anxiety, depression, all the teenage boy problems, <laughs> all that stuff. I loved working with the adolescents. So that's where my passion, you know, kind of took me. But it became a point for me that I loved my counseling. I loved working with the teens, but there was other issues going on. And as a mental health provider, I felt pretty limited in the sense that I couldn't talk about nutrition or natural things they could try to use for the brain. And I, I felt so limited because, 
there are so many other things. And anytime a patient, you know, would come to me about something, I would have to refer them for medication. So now medication, I really feel is helpful. And I think it's necessary in a lot of instances. But there's sometimes I wanted to just be able to reach into a holistic realm. So it's not to say that, you know, I'm not trying to say anything about our healthcare system. It's just for me, I wanted to start going, diving into more holistic methods. So that's kind of what drove me to do, start my doctorate and start studying things on a more holistic level as well. So with that, um, kind of what happened for me before I branched out and actually um, have done now my own business of educating people and providing um, natural health um, wellness and things like that is I had a student um, that I was seeing. She was a middle school age student. And she was having severe anxiety and her, she was also having gastrointestinal um, concerns and issues. She'd been getting tests done for many, many months and just couldn't get resolved. They didn't know what was going on with her gastrointestinal tract and they didn't, and I, and I was treating her anxiety uh, on a therapeutic level um, for um, uh, what we call it, psychotherapy, but it still wasn't getting to the core. Every week I would see her, she was the same. And I think the core, really what was going on was her gastrointestinal because that was causing her anxiety. So I'll come back to that story in a minute. But a big focus when I look at mental health is the gut. When we talk about the mind intestine connection, it is absolutely real. And so that's kind of where I have led my studies from going from nutrition and chemistries to psychology and now to a doctorate in psychology. Okay. So, uh, like, for example, you must have been fascinated with your interest in brain chemistry when you started studying about the gut to find out about the role of the microbiome and the amount of serotonin that can be produced in a healthy gut. That must have really been that kind of thing where you were putting the pieces together. That must have been really thrilling for you. Yeah, absolutely. And that's not something that we totally study in the Western side is how, you know, your, your gut chemistry is a hundred percent linked to your brain chemistry. Over 40% of the nutrients that we eat actually are used by the brain. So whether you're, if you're not eating them, then you're not getting much to the brain is one other aspect to look at. But um, with uh, the discovery, I think this was in the 80s, I read his book and I can't remember the name right now. Um, the doctor that discovered serotonin in the gut, he discovered that over 95% of our serotonin is actually produced in the gut. So eating healthy and being able to produce and access that serotonin is extremely important. They've also now discovered GABA, um, another neurotransmitter that's really helpful um, for anxiety and for ADHD and other hyperactive or um, uh, motor active uh, disorders. So again, that's been found to be produced uh, in the gut heavily. And so our mind intestine connection is a real thing. And so as I was kind of saying about this, this teenage girl that I was working with, that she was having major gut issues. Some people we think, oh, my gut's fine, my gut's fine, you know, but there absolutely is things that even a healthy person can do to improve gut health. But, but she definitely was, her symptoms were so huge. And so I wanted so much to be able to address that 
in that Western medical setting. So that's kind of what made me branch into the holistic side of educating others on how to do this for yourself. A book that I really enjoy that um, the only piece missing from this book is essential oil, but I love um, her research. It's Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride. And it's called Gut and Psychology Syndrome. So she's well known for creating the GAPS diet. I don't know if you've ever heard of GAPS. Yeah. So um, GAPS diet is basically based on all her studies of how the gut and the brain are connected. So I, I love her studies. She's got a whole bunch of nutrition stuff in here. It's um, very much, she's a mother of an uh, autistic child. So this is what kind of brought her, this doctor, to study this. And her findings are phenomenal. Again, the only thing I see missing in there are what essential oils can do when we put them, you know, obviously into our body, which is the whole piece that I've been studying and incorporating. So let's keep spinning this yarn here. So you were exposed initially to essential oils when you were a teenager and you uh, kind of had that deep in your in your being and then you developed this increasing interest in nutrition, the mind-body connection, emotions. And then um, one, how did this all come together? Like, did you, uh, did you have a mentor? Uh, did you have like an experience that just blew you away? And then what kind of got you like way over the top? Like, I, I know... I know that this is my sweet spot. And then once you kind of decided that that was going to be your area of focus, uh, how did you become so knowledgeable? Did you have particular mentors, books, courses, or did you just kind of pave your own way? Kind of uh, tell us the story. Yeah. And you may have to prompt me once I start answering the first question to the last few that you asked. But um, so the first thing you asked me was, how did I get started and why I got started on this path? So, um, so for me, like I was saying, I was, I was loving the working with the teenagers and I just, and I loved working in the high risk adolescent and I really felt there was a piece missing of being able to, um, do holistic work. So it was interesting. One of my friends had invited me. I'd been using oils for 20 years. But again, I had used, you know, a different um, grade or brand or just fluctuated. They, they worked, but they didn't work that powerfully for me to say, ooh, I can use this in my therapeutic practice. It was, they were just soft and gentle, which is fine, but I didn't get great experiences. And so as um, my friend started getting involved and kind of studying um, about more about essential oils, and she partnered up with a company who definitely um, was a cutting edge of producing essential oils, how they were really meant to be and found in nature, unadulterated, um, no toxins, no pesticides. And not only that, and this is a big piece to be able to answer how I started getting involved because they study, this company is very scientifically involved, which is what, you know, in research involved, which is what got me. I mean, you can talk all day long about emotions, but I need the science. And that that's what their whole MO was. Their mission was to be able to provide it at a 
analytical level as well as how they were meant to be and how they were created on this earth. And so with doing that, they study the plants from around the world that have compounds that are actually beneficial, medicinally beneficial for the body. So an example that I like to give is lavender because lavender is found natively a lot here in California, a lot in Utah, Idaho, and probably many other places, but, you know, just kind of grows natively and wildly. When you do a analytical or a, um, a run, a chemical analysis on the constituents, the compounds that are in lavender in these different places, including comparing it to the lavender grown in high altitudes of France, the linalool and linalool acetate, those are two compounds in lavender that are very, very beneficial for our body's health. And the linalool and linalool acetate are actually way higher in the lavender in France, about 20% higher in both of those. So that's what I loved when I my friend kind of introduced me to what they were doing scientifically and said, you could do this for your doctorate. And my mind just went, oh my gosh. It was funny. The instant that she said that to me, I was sitting here, we were learning about you know the science with it. And I'm sitting there going, all of a sudden, this thought came in my mind this is what I want to do for my doctorate. And at the same time, she must've got the same thought because she looked at me the moment I was getting that thought and she said the exact same thing to me. And I was like, yeah, this is my path. So that was sort of that instance where I said, okay, these oils are so clean, pure and work that I can actually use these in a scientific way, but also in a therapeutic way with my clients, with myself. And that's what kind of turned me to do Um, get involved in that holistic aspect because I was already studying nutritional stuff, which I loved. And that's a, it's a huge piece. It's not like you do essential oils or nutrition. You can't do that. You can't eat donuts and just use essential oils. It's not that good. You need to make sure you're having fresh fruits and vegetables, legumes, things that are non-GMO. And that's a whole nother subject I'm sure you've gone on, on into already. But also, when you couple that with essential oils, they're very chemically powerful for the body. So that's what got me started um, down that path. Now, when I started down that path, there were no mentors. There is not a lot of literature on or another like psychologist that I've ever run into doing what I'm doing. So here's what you have to look at. You can go on to PubMed. .gov, which is just a scientific research database. It's just raw research. Some, some articles are available, some are not. Through my university, I get a lot of articles that are available so I can read the research. But the thing about the research on there is when you look up, let's say, um, just anxiety and lavender, you're going to see that there are quite a few studies been done from around the world on anxiety and lavender. But here's the difference. Most of those studies are not done on diagnosed generalized anxiety disorder or obsessive compulsive disorder. So their studies done, what they do is they get, uh, they call a healthy human being Um, without a diagnosis of anything, of necessarily anxiety, and they provoke anxiety through um, different methods, and then they see what happens with it when they apply lavender. So that's, it is a great, it's a great thing that's, it's a start for us, Um, but it's, again, not done on mental health disorders. And then a lot of times they'll use 
rodents and in the rodents they again it's not rodents diagnosed with anxiety disorder it is they provoke the anxiety and then they're able to see what happens when they apply lavender so as that with that being said i study in my doctorate what is going on in depression in adhd autism anxiety and stress and addiction so i study the neurochemical piece then what i've done is i look at like research articles, let's just say like on pubmed.gov. And I'll study what's been done with um, linalool and linalool acetate from lavender, for example, or um, limonene from citrus oils. And then it shows what it does in the, um, in the brain of rodents or how it creates, um, how people have reported it works on them as well. And I plug the two together. So I know... Let me give you an example. In anxiety, we'll just go back to anxiety disorders. Generally, so again, this is, this is not cookie cutter. If it was cookie cutter, oh my gosh, we'd have everything resolved <laughs> in, in mental health. But generally, with just regular anxiety disorders, you have an irregular amount of GABA. GABA is a neurotransmitter inhibitor, the primary neurotransmitter inhibitor in the brain. So what that means is it helps to inhibit when we have an excess of the excitatory neurotransmitter, which is glutamate or glutamic acid. Um, so GABA helps to inhibit glutamic acid if it gets too high and which causes us like we get a little sweaty and it causes you to have little bit of tremors and just feeling like, oh, I can't think, you know, that kind of anxious um, emotion is, again, usually glutamic acid that's at a high level. So back to anxiety disorders. Generally, what they find is either GABA is too low and then not, and there's not enough of it to um, help out with <clears throat> re reducing the glutamic acid, or you have way too much glutamic acid and then irregular GABA. So again, it's just that irregular amounts of those two. So what I've studied, so with knowing that, then I study, okay, well, what oils help I've seen in studies that help to um, support the production of GABA and reduce, for example, the excess glutamic acid? And actually, there's a lot of studies with lavender and the linalool and, and linalool acetate, and limonene. So limonene is a component of citrus oils, and it's very high in citrus oils. So lemon, if you get like a pure lemon, um, that's, again, from a company that's really looking for the high constituents, um, lemon oil is about 70%-ish. And then you're, when you look at grapefruit and wild orange, you're over 95% limonene. So again, again, this is from sources that people and companies are paying attention to. We need high limonene, so this is really important. So with that, I, I look at, okay, well, this study on limonene, for example, showed that it helped to increase the GABA and decrease the glutamic acid, causing a modulating, a regulatory effect of the two to, that reduced the anxiety in a stress-invoked environment. So I hope that made sense. So that's where my, I don't really have an exact mentor because I've had to go through what I learn in my doctorate, what I learn from research studies and plug the two together. And from there, I've um, been able, I do trainings on a lot of this stuff, but I've also been able to use this in my practice. So um, that's kind of where I started, yeah. That was gonna be my next question. Do you then, 
once you have the data, then do you test it out on yourself and on your family and friends and patients, or do you are you restricting it to your patients because you want to see what it does with people that have known diagnostic entities, or how do you proceed at that point? Yeah, good question. So I test it out on anybody who wants to be tested out on because here's the thing you have to remember with essential oils. They don't um, force an effect of something to happen, so you really can try different things and be safe, but you do have to try different things because like I said, if it was cookie cutter, oh my gosh, it would just be resolved. It's, you know, and that's not how our bodies are. We're not cookie cutter. And so, which is a good thing. But um, so what you need to do is just like when you go into a psychiatrist or a doctor who's prescribing a medication or even an antibiotic, what do they do? They play around with the prescription. They play around with the milligrams. And if it doesn't work, they see in a couple of weeks, okay, that's not working. Let's try a different one, you know, because it's about getting the right chemistry. And that's the same way it is with essential oils. The good thing about essential oils is at least it's not doing, you know, damage to other areas of your body. That it's just um, a very, if it's not the right thing, you've still done something beneficial for your body. And that's what I like. So, Back to, um, yes, practicing, there are oils that have been studied that have certain effects to the body that you can just kind of play around with. But there's some people that, like, for example, uh, lavender really is good for calming. It helps people sleep, okay? And orange is generally quite a uplifting oil, um, like for mood uplifting, but also um, focus and all that. But I have this and I'll oh, first tell you the story. So I one time put um, orange essential oil on the bottom of my feet. It was about eight o'clock at night. And I just wasn't even thinking. I just had the oil and I put it on and I had a very hard time sleeping. I wasn't, it didn't stimulate me. I wasn't bouncing off the walls, but I just wasn't in a relaxed state like I am with lavender. Now I have another lady who uses orange and lavender at night and they help her sleep so good. So, and, and actually some of the studies do say for orange, but for me, it, it didn't do that. So again, it wasn't like I was you know, wired. It wasn't that oils don't do that, but I was a little bit more restless than I am when I have lavender that calms me. So, so yes, practicing them on me and with other clients is definitely what I have done. So I'll tell you, um, another, you know, just a personal story. I, I remember I had this client come in once and this was an adult that I was seeing at the medical clinic. And I remember him saying, kind of being freaked out, but saying I had a panic attack. And he says, I've never had one before. And he says, my heart was racing. I thought I was having a heart attack. And he says, but I wasn't, he's like, I wasn't thinking of something. I wasn't anxious in that moment. He just didn't get it. And I, I've dealt mostly with teenagers and not a lot of panic attacks at that time when he is telling me this. And I'm thinking, Oh, that is weird, you know? And so, of course, the only thing I can do in a medical clinic is, you know, refer him to for meds for panic, but it was just the one time that he had it. And so I had to refer him over to there. But I remember this was about a year and a half ago or so now. And I was in a very stressed state in my life of, you know, working full time, running my business as well as my doctorate. And it was a, it was a Wednesday morning, I remember very clearly. And I was, trying to rush out the door to get to the medical clinic. I got a full day on my plate and it was just an environment that was very stressful as well. 
So I'm running around and all of a sudden I got a panic attack. And I kind of, I remember that patient. It was kind of like that. I felt my heart racing and I actually, even though I'm, you know, mental, I diagnosed mental health disorders. At first I thought it was a heart attack. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm only in my thirties. How would I be having a heart attack? So I sat there and I kind of leaned against the couch. I'm like calming, trying to calm myself down, do calm breathing. And I'm like, okay, I've realized it's a panic attack. It's not a heart attack, but my heart was pumping like crazy. And I just was so panicked. I even forgot to use my essential oils and I couldn't believe it until like later. So I I drove to work. My heart was sort of calming. It took a good you know, 30 minutes probably until my heart re-regulated and I was back to normal. And I later that day was like, oh my gosh, duh. I'm the one that teaches people about using oils. and I didn't grab my lavender. So I'll go back to that story. So lavender, for example, that linalool and linal acetate that I was talking about are very beneficial for the body, which is important when you're buying a lavender oil to make sure it has high compounds. But one thing that they do is they interact, this is seen in different research articles, those two chemicals interact with a neurochemical called acetylcholine, okay? Acetylcholine, and what it, what it does is it helps to cause a calming effect in, the, in your motor skills. So this is in your, you know, your blood motor, you know, your, I'm sorry, your, um, your limb motor skills, as well as your um, blood pressure, things like that. It just helps cause this whole calming effect um, in, in everything in your body. So, so what's interesting is that next day, so it was Thursday now, um, so it was Wednesday that happened to me, then Thursday, the next day, same exact thing, same exact time, I got another panic attack. But I wasn't going to let that, you know, that whole morning waste without using my lavender. So I immediately, again, I sat next to the couch. I just kind of held my heart and I'm like, oh my gosh, I should grab my lavender. So I grabbed, this is my very first time experiencing how well lavender, especially, you know, this brand of lavender I use, how well it works at calming your motor, motor skills. And I honestly, I wasn't sure. I knew it'd probably help a little, but I could not believe how wonderful it helped. So I did one drop of lavender. That's it. One drop because it's so this uh, kind I use is so pure and potent. I put that drop in my hand and then I put it over my heart. And as my heart was just racing in my chest like I was having a heart attack, I just kept that lavender and my hand over my heart and just breathed deeply. And within 30 seconds, my heartbeat normalized. Not 30 minutes like the day before, 30 seconds. And I was like, oh my goodness, this stuff works so good and everybody needs this in their home. That guy, that guy that I did therapy with before, I'm like, I mean, instead of referring him for meds, I mean, if that's what he needed, sure. But, oh, I just would have loved to say, here's a drop of lavender. And, and honestly, I never got another one again until about a year later. And, uh, and I, I, some reasons, only time in my life. And, and when I'm stressed, I seem to trigger that I got so I've had it three times I used my lavender that third time and, and it was gone I mean so that's what um, I do with my practice is like I study this practice it on myself and with other patients as well so I have some other stories you know as well I can share so as we go on to the interview that's exciting um, this might be a good time to segue into the this question is what are some of your favorite ways to use the oils in terms of uh, application. Uh, I, I'm familiar with uh, 
putting them directly on the body, smelling them, diffusing them, cutting them with a carrier oil, using them for massage. How do you like to use the oils? Yeah, so I like to use them all of the three ways that um, that you can use essential oils, at least a high pure grade essential oils is aromatically, topically, and internally. So when I describe aromatically, I usually tell people that aromatic is good for three different things. So first thing it's good for is diffusing in the air and purifying the air. That's a huge thing with how much bacteria and things we have swarming around the air. So diffusing, having a diffuser is really important. The second thing um, for use for aromatic is for the respiratory airways. So just breathing it into the lungs and to your nasal passageways are really good. I had a lady the other day sitting behind me, actually it was in church and she was wheezing and I, I didn't know if she just had a cough or something, but she was definitely coughing and wheezing. And then all of a sudden I heard her use her inhaler and I was like, oh, poor, you know, she has asthma as an older lady. And and anyway, even after she did that, she just kept wheezing. It still wasn't working. And I actually had peppermint essential oil in my um, bag. And so I got that out and I said, here, just put one drop in your hand and breathe it in. She put that drop in her hand into her respiratory airways. And it was amazing. It was like, like gone. Her wheezing and her coughing was gone. And I could hear all the old ladies next to her. What is that? What did she give you? That smells so good. Oh my gosh, it worked. And <laughs> it was so cute. So anyway, that's the second way that I uh, use aromatic for. And then the last way, which of course I described for last, save for the best for last, is for the brain. Diffusing it or even just putting it in your hands and inhaling it through your nose. When you inhale those little um, molecules, those little aromatic compounds, they travel through your neural olfactory pathways to your limbic system and bind to different receptors and communicate to fire different neurotransmitters depending on what you're inhaling and depending on what's going on in your brain chemistry. So that's my favorite way to use oils for starters for the brain is through inhalation. If you need immediate just mood pick-me-up, better focus, Reduce your anxiety um, is in, in, um, and stress is inhaling it. Just put your hands up with a drop in your hand or do a diffuser and inhale it. So um, one time I, and I'll go into the other uses, but I had this little girl that I was doing therapy with and she was extremely anxious and having even some um, psychotic episodes, meaning that she was hearing voices in the evening um, before she went to bed, she would hear voices. And and she was just stressed and not doing so good. And I had been doing therapy with her for about four months and enjoyed our sessions, trying to, trying to, again, talk therapy can only do so much. There needs to be addressed this other neurochemical piece. The family actually is very holistic and refused to do medication. They just kind of wanted to treat it as whatever she could. The mom was looking up some ways. So one day I decided um, to diffuse a citrus um, blend essential oil. So it's like a blend of grapefruit, lemons and mandarin orange and um, orange or regular orange. Yeah. And so many different citruses blended together like bergamot. And I just was diffusing it because it smells good. I honestly, I know it helps with stress. But when she got into the room, it was very interesting. This little girl is eight years old. And she loved the smell in the diffuser. It was really cute. She just 
um, came over to the diffuser. Of course, any eight-year-old would be interested in it. And she's sitting there and smelling it going, oh, this is nice. What is this? And she um, smells it. And then she takes her chair and puts it right next up to it. And the whole time she's talking to me, she won't move her nose from the diffuser. She just keeps hovering it. So there's a point to where an eight-year-old is interested in what it is. And then there's a point to where, whoa, she really needs this. She won't like let this diffuser go. So I had her do, we always do um, play therapy with, uh, we do some drawing and things like that, art therapy. And so I had her get down the ground, get down on the floor to be able to draw. And she looks at me and she says, can I take the diffuser with me? (laughs) It was so cute. So she not only wanted to, um, you know, sit by it, but when she had to go to the floor, she wanted to bring it by her nose and she put it and placed it right in her nose and just kept inhaling it and started drawing and doing all her stuff. So it was, it was really interesting. I'd never seen a kid be that almost hooked, I would say on it. And what was fun was I didn't think too much of it for, especially for some of the deep symptoms she was having, but the next week she came in and she smelled the diffuser, but she was not attached to it like she was before. She just kind of smelled it. It's nice. And then was, wasn't as interested, but that week, she had way less stress in her week and way less psychotic symptoms that week. Her mom came in and said, she's so much better this week. Like all these symptoms had gone down for her just through aromatic inhalation. And it was, and for her, it was only that 45 minute session. So it's amazing what you can do with the brain through aromatic inhalation. So that's my favorite way for immediate things going on. Now for topical, when you want to use topical for the brain, There's a couple of points you'll want to write down that I use to affect the brain. So first you want to talk about or put it on pulse points on the neck. So that's going to be around your throat area where your pulse is. And I just apply one drop and put it on both sides of your your trachea there, your throat. And um, that actually will help the blood take it to the brain as well. On that note, essential oil research has shown that a certain molecular structure called sesquiterpenes can surpass the blood-brain barrier. So it's a great thing. Put it right there at the pulse points on your neck on the front. On the back of the neck, you have a soft spot. If you feel between your skull and your spine, there's a triangular spot there and it's very soft. That's called your occipital point. And putting oils right there is a really good idea. So this is when I have kids with ADHD that I've treated and we put the oils on their um uh, the occipital point and on the pulse point, I'm impressed. I cannot, I, I still am amazed at how well it improves their focus. There's a lot of different oils. Uh, a focus blend is the one that I've used that, um, that I get from the company I order from. They've already created a blend for it and it's, it works the best out of anything I've ever used. It works the best. So the last point that I use for topical for the brain for mental health is on the big toe. So you know how your feet have all those reflexology points? Great place to put oils is on the bottom of the feet, but the big toe is the brain point. And sometimes it's the only way you can penetrate a lot of different parts of the brain is on the big toe. You have like your high pituitary gland that is in charge of your hormone production. It's in the center of your brain, very hard to reach, but the big toe can really stimulate that area and use for um, all sorts of things to get to the brain. So that's the second way. So we've got aromatic and topical. The third way that I like to use oils for the brain is internal. 
Now, from what we're coming full circle from what I talked about in the beginning, the gut and psychology syndrome, like Dr. T Natasha Campbell McBride writes about, is it's a very true thing that mind intestine connection is so huge. So my favorite way to use oils is absolutely in the gut because there's so much you can do to naturally cleanse and um, uh, cleanse toxins, heal the gut, heal so many things that actually link long-term with the brain. So my favorite oil, just for getting started for somebody to use for the gut, there's two of them actually, lemon essential oil. It's, it's the, one of the best astringents. It helps to like unglue things is the best way I can say it. And uh, the, the best example I can give you is um, I have a, uh, what do you call that, uh, salad, uh, salad dressing, <laughs> salad dressing label. And I, was, I had used up the dressing and I wanted to save the bottle and I was, want, I was trying to take the label off. And if you've ever tried to take the label off of something like a, you know, a bottle before, oh my goodness, it was so sticky. My hands were just, I could not get the, the sticker off of me from trying to peel it off that salad um, bottle. And so finally I was like washing my hands. It wasn't coming off. It was just gluey and yucky. And I remembered, I'm like, oh, lemon is good for that. So I put one drop of lemon essential oil in my hand. And do you know what happened to all that sticky salad dressing label? It wiped right off without a problem. So if you can imagine that and all the sticky little crevices and stuff in our gut, lemon is really good at just unsticking things and flushing. So I do lemon essential oil in like an eight ounce glass of water, about three to five drops, about three to five times a day. Now, I'm, maybe you've already talked about this, Dr. David, but you want to use glass because remember, essential oils, especially lemon, are going to be pulling toxins. If you put it into a plastic bottle, what's it going to pull? It's going to start pulling toxins as well. So, and plastic is toxic. Glass is a natural compound. So you can use a paper cup. You can use anything that's a natural, you know, type compound, stainless steel. Um, it works pretty well in, but glass is, the, I think, the best. So the other essential oil that I really like that I've seen help, um, and I'm going to come full circle with this story about this little girl with anxiety, but this oil blend is called, um, it's, it's an oil digestive blend and it's a blend of tarragon, caraway, fennel, anise, ginger, peppermint. Again, the company that I use, um, has already done the research on which essential oils are the best for overall gut health. And this essential oil um, blend has been created that way. Then it's a digestive blend. It's wonderful. So I, this started helping me immediately with my digestive system. So what I do is I do a drop of this essential oil under my tongue with each meal. And I've noticed a big difference right off the bat, especially with any discomfort or just helping digest. It just felt a lot more um, energy and that my food, my nutrients were able to be absorbed. So back to this little girl when this little, um, she was a middle school age um, student. And when she had come into my office, you know, time after time, month after month with just the same anxiety, same gastrointestinal problems, I finally said, I, I, I can't take it. I've got to help her. And I uh, had a little tiny sample bottle of this digestive blend and I gave it to her and I said, when you get in the car, 
put this under your tongue so you can look in the mirror because you don't want to drip it down your chin. Um, and just do this with each meal um, and then see how you do. And I just gave her a resource where she could purchase it if she wanted um, later in the future. So anyway, that next week was really interesting. I, I didn't know how well this tiny little, it had probably like 12 drops in it. You know, I didn't know how well it was going to help her, especially because she had some pretty major issues that they couldn't even figure out through testing. So, um, and again, that was affecting her anxiety. So the next week she comes into my office and she's smiling. I didn't even know the girl had teeth. She never smiled in my office, was depressed and anxious. So I'm thinking, okay, did this, you know, girl get a boyfriend or something? Is there a guy interested in her at like in her eighth grade class, you know? So I didn't know what to expect. The fact that she was smiling and her mom was coming in with her too, smiling. And I said, how was your week? She said, it was really good. I'm like, okay, here comes the boyfriend story. But it wasn't that. And they sit down and the mom said, she's doing really good. What did you give us? And I said, just a blend of herbs and, and essential oils. Um, and the little girl said she'd used it. And she was immediately, when she put it under her tongue and when she got in her car, just like I had told her and looked in the mirror and did that, she says immediately her stomach felt relief. Her body was just craving the plant compounds that our, our body needs, that we're, are meant for us. And within that week of just using that tiny little bit, her stomach issues declined so much so that her anxiety was reduced. She was able to focus better in school. And by the time, and then they had found a source to purchase, um, repurchase it. And it's just worked wonders on her stomach. And within a month, I mean, they, they had actually quit services with me because she was doing so well. So there's your three ways of using oils and they're all very powerful. You can see why it's all different. And again, for the brain, all three of those, it just depends on what you want to use, but very powerful internally focusing on your gut. Do you have any experience of using these high quality oils in the context of massage? Yeah. So as, as personally, I, as a psychologist, I don't have a license of course to touch, so I don't ever use them in massage, but I've had, I've seen great effects in other people. Um, other clients that have anxiety that I know they've gotten um, like a aroma technique done on their spine and have had great results with improving focus and improving um, a lot of back issues and things like that. So, but for mental health, that's not an area that I've done a ton in, but I've seen a lot of patients um, or clients that have had that done, this aroma technique on the spine, and it's been wonderful. Okay. Well, you know, you've talked a little bit about your experience of working with the oils in relation to anxiety or the blues. What about in terms of helping with focusing issue, focus and memory issues? And what about um, chronic pain type of issues where the physician cannot find, a, you know, a, a, an easily definable pathology, but they're sort of the brain chemistry has been chronically adapted to the point where, where there are chronic pain issues that a psychotherapist might, might deal with. Any particular oils or combos that you like in those two areas? Yeah. So let's go to focus. So for anything with improving attention and focus, 
you want to look at oils that help reduce norepinephrine. Norepinephrine is usually found high in children with ADHD, and it's an excitatory. So the the common term for norepinephrine is actually noradrenaline. So you can imagine it's an adrenaline-based type neurochemical. So reducing norepinephrine and just basically causing a calming, but not a sleepy calming, but actually a harmonizing kind of a grounding effect. So wood oils have a really, for some reason, they're just very good at just grounding. They help to improve focus, but um, especially just cause like that grounding in that maybe a little bit hyperactive mo uh, mode. So some of my favorites uh, for attention and focus, I did mention um, that the company that I um, use, I, they have a focus blend. So for me, if you that I don't even try to redo that blend because it is so good. And it's a blend. Let's see if I've got it written down here, but I know it has lime in it. Um, sandalwood is in there. Lang Lang is in that. Um, gosh, I don't have the whole blend written out in front of me, but that it's it's a group of those types of oils. But some oils that help with focus just singly is going to be Lang Lang, peppermint, rosemary. Clary sage and bergamot. So bergamot is a citrus. So those are some that just help with increasing focus. Now, again, I would just use the focus blend because it's the best <laughs> instead okay. of, you know, but the Lang Lang would be good. So for memory and learning, um, there's a lot of good research and again, inhaling the oils is, a, uh, is one of the best ways to improve memory. And the oils that are highly studied for improving memory are frankincense, rosemary, and clary sage. So those, are, and clove, sorry, I knew there's one more, clove as well. So those four, and sometimes what I like to do is if I have a, a diffuser that's water-based and I'll put my water in it and then I'll actually do a drop of rosemary, frankincense, clary sage, and clove. And I just do all four of them in, you know, in the diffuser together because you wouldn't really want to put all four at the same time on you, but you can diffuse all four. It would be great. Um, so that's a really good one um, for memory. And, and then for chronic pain? Mm -hmm, for chronic pain. So for chronic pain, again, um, using the best that I've had, there's two different things. Actually, three. <laughs> okay, four. So there's so many great oils. Um one of the best techniques is going to be doing that aroma technique on the spine for chronic pain. Absolutely. When I've seen, I had this lady who um, hadn't been able to sleep for years um, very well. She could, be, she would sleep the most would be two hours and then wake up, have to walk around because of having chronic pain in her back and um, in her side and her legs, everything. And so she would sleep two hours, wake up and then walk around, two hours, wake up and then walk around. And we did that aroma technique on her back. And just to try to help provide some relief, this is the, you know, the most amazing experience I've had with that technique. And so she had that done. And then that next day that I actually saw her the next day and she said, um, that she couldn't believe it. She said her kids woke her up this morning at 8 a.m. and said, Mom, are you going to get up? And she didn't realize she had slept the entire night through. Her pain, like there was, she felt like there was like a pressure always in her back. She said that released 
Um, and she was able to walk better and obviously slept the entire night through. So for chronic pain, that aroma technique on the back, it's, it's uh, about eight different oils. And um, so I'm trying to remember all of them and you just put me on the spot with that, this one. That, that's okay. Okay, good. Okay. That's okay. And then... uh, pe- people who want to know more, they can Perfect. contact me or contact you and, and, and uh, yeah. they can get the details about the eight oils or oil blends in the sequence and how they could find somebody to help them. Yeah. So that's, that's my favorite for chronic pain. Other than that, um, a lemongrass is really good for pain as well as basil. So like interesting ones that you can put on location if you're having like a knee that is aching or a joint or something like that. But on um, chronic issues, this isn't necessarily chronic pain, but I did want to mention for chronic concerns with the brain, for example, like things that you just have a hard time addressing and you just don't know exactly what's going on. The oil, my go-to oil that I have found just does so much good without even me being able to explain it is frankincense. If you can get a bottle of frankincense and diffuse a few drops, you know, in a diffuser at night, so you're inhaling it, putting it on those topical spots that I talked about on the neck and on the big toe, it it just seems to work wonderfully because it kind of gets to core concerns with cells and with neural, um, neural protective properties. So, okay. Anything else you want to say about helping people to easily fall asleep and stay asleep and have a deeper restorative sleep that you would recommend? Yeah. So I have a little ritual that I do myself of a calming blend that I like that's got a lavender and ling ling and marjoram some and Roman chamomile, these oils that cause like help help cause physically calming and mentally calming effects to the brain. So I'll diffuse that right before I go to sleep. And that's my that's my favorite. That's worked for a lot of people with that have trouble um, with their minds racing at night is using that calming blend. There's is that a blend that the company makes or is it something that you've put together? That's the blend that the company makes. And then the one uh, blend that I have found from research that works with calming racing thoughts, the research found that it interacted with um, the neurochemistry that basically causes uh, repetitive and racing thoughts. So the blend is clary sage, lavender, orange, and sandalwood. What proportions? yeah, equal parts of each of those in a diffuser. And we've done some studies with using them with OCD um, patients, um, adolescent and adult, and all clients have reported that it did lessen their repetitive and racing thoughts, allowing them to have, you know, better quality of thought during, you know, talk therapy, so. Now, I know one of the most challenging diagnostic categories for mental health professionals to deal with is bipolar disorder because the timing of what you're doing has to be so precise and you don't want to swing things over too far. And a lot of mental health professionals don't even want to deal with bipolar patients. I've uh, seen success with certain homeopaths who specialize in helping people with bipolar disorder. Do you have any experience or do you know of any experience even with doctors out of the country 
who've had success integrating essential oils with helping people with bipolar disorder? Oh, that's a good question. As far as I know of medical professionals using essential oils for bipolar, I don't know of any. And that is, it's a high need for sure. What I have told clients, and again, it's not, it's not an easy one, like anxiety in a sense. Oh, I put lavender on and, you know, it helped. So bipolar is trickier. You have your mania or hypomania and then depression. So I look at it in the two different realms as well as a whole. So what I mean by that, if they're having an episode of the mania or hypomania, having, you know, not sleeping, bracing thoughts and um, that types of things, grandiose ideas, then you're going to want to use in that type of a hyper elevated state oils that are calming and grounding. Calming is going to be like your lavender and marjoram and Roman chamomile. Your grounding are going to be cedarwood. Um, sandalwood, frankincense. Okay? okay. Then for the depression, like you said, you have to catch it when it's um, when it's the different moods. And generally with bipolar, it doesn't switch that quick. As many of you know, if you have experienced this, it's generally three to five days of the hyper state, or maybe up to two weeks, depending on the bipolar type. And then depression will is the one you deal with the most and lasts the longest. So depression state, um, the citruses are really good. Um, that means bergamot, lemon, um, any citrus oil. I diffuse those like crazy in the mornings. I love those. Um, they smell so good too. Geranium and frankincense as well is good for depression. Great. You know, one suggestion I have for you in terms of getting your work out there is there is an international kind of clearinghouse organization to support people with bipolar challenges. It's actually located in San Diego. Oh. And I think they would really enjoy the, oppor the opportunity to hear about your work and what you're doing. And there might even be an opportunity for you to present there. That's a great idea. Yeah, I'll talk with them. It's such a high need. Yes. Well, let's get back to talking about, I really appreciate all these tips. Uh, I don't want to overwhelm the listeners, so I want to kind of take a break from that and switch back to, you know, people love stories. I want to come back to your journey. You know, one of the things that interests me is kind of as a cutting edge person myself, and I'm 59 years old. And so I've had to learn how to take care of myself to be, to stay in the game and keep, keep, uh, keep my vibration as clear and high as possible. And I know how challenging it can be to be an innovator, um, it's you know it's one thing to have knowledge; it's another thing to figure out sort of the magic formula that allows you to share what you're doing in a way where you can be received by the collective that you're wanting to serve and and, and to actually make a difference. What are you doing these days to keep your own vibration clear and high and healthy? And have you be have you begun to find, have you began to find other professionals that um, either share what you're interested in or might be interested in being trained by you so you're not such a lone ranger out there? Yeah, absolutely. So I've created a psychoaromacology network. Now, psychoaromacology is a term that I coined to define these studies because I really felt like 
Um, when you look at the word psych, that means like psychopharmacology is psych, which is the mind in Greek, pharmako, which is actually means drug or poison in Greek. And then ology is the study of, so it's the study of the, you know, the mind and drugs. So when I put together psychoaromacology, that's the study of the mind with aromatic compounds and, and how they interact with the brain. So I have a network of psychoaromacology providers, and we have a Facebook group that we collaborate on. So if anybody is a mental health um, provider, either in the nursing field, LCSWs, MFTs, psychologists, psychiatrists, doesn't matter, any type of you know doctor dealing with that. Um, mental health, we add them to that list. And I'll tell you how to get added to that list in, in a moment. But the other thing that we're doing is yearly, I'm um, organizing a psychoaromacology summit. The next one is in June 2016. And I have different mental health providers that are now starting to integrate essential oils that I've trained and work with. Um, and they're going to give their focus, their background, because like all of us, we have different things that we've actually worked in. We don't all work in the same thing. So some people are specialized in sleep, some bipolar, some autism. And so everybody um, presents on a different topic and how they've used essential oils to receive the information on any of this. So I have a Facebook page um, that I post regularly, um, events and things like that, that I publish my publications. And so on my website, you can actually find the Facebook page as well. So it's danielledr.com is the website. So D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E-D-R.com. And all my social media links are on there as well as my newsletter will have information. So, so that's what I'm doing. Um, that next, we haven't set up registration yet for the Psychoromacology Summit in June. But it'll be up in about, about probably three to four months from now. And I do also a training series that's also on my website under the um, photo that says train with me. And that's for anybody. I tried to make it so, you know, mental health providers as well as families that provide their, their main health in the home could take that and learn from that and like be empowered to apply your own essential oils and to take care of your own health. They don't want people to have to depend upon me to be able to do that. So trying to empower others. I've also created a essential oils in the brain um, reference sheet. That's a four page fold out that has different disorders for you know, children. And there's another one for adults. And this is a really good reference for any provider, mental health provider to use um, as well as a family member can use this and just go, Oh, okay. So for hyper Lang Lang, you know, says right on there, how to use Lang Lang has a, um, pro suggested protocol on that. Great. So, um, you know, Danielle and I, we discovered separately, but it's the same company. We've discovered the same company that has these very high quality oils that, um, we're really interested in sharing with the world. Um, just to tell you a little bit about my story and oils is I was exposed maybe when I was a young doctor, maybe 25 years ago or so, I was exposed to essential oils and different companies. And there was one company that I kind of liked, but after a while, their quality control seemed like it had slipped. And I got completely away for about 20 years of integrating essential oils into my holistic practice as a doctor. And um, 
kind of echoing what uh, Danielle was saying, you know, that she just hadn't found oils that were just, you know, creating that wow experience. And then she and I both independently discovered the same company where we were consistently being wowed by what we were experiencing and what other people were experiencing. And so that's kind of how we found each other. And so uh, if you're interested, if you're listening to this and you're interested in learning more about those oils, you can contact me and I'll give you my contact information. And if you're interested in working with a mental health professional who's an expert in the oils, like in a one-on-one situation or training, then um, Dr. Then Danielle would be the person to contact. So uh, Danielle, why don't you talk a little bit about how you work with people one-on-one with the oils and then give out your contact information again. And then I'll give out my contact information for people that just want information about the oils. Yeah, that's great. So I have, like I said, a training series on my website. That's the best way because in order for me to relay all the information, I'd rather people and I'll get that training. And then after that training, there's a post-training consult that I do. So I do a 30-minute training consult just specific for you, help you with the regimens, or if it's a mental health provider, I help you um, figure out how to integrate this with different patients and things like that. So if you go to my webpage, it's DanielleDR.com, and on one of the posts it says, or one of the pictures, it says, train with me. That's exactly how you can do consults with me is by doing my training. So the other way to connect with me, again, on my webpage, you'll see lots of different information, um, but my probably Facebook and my newsletters are going to be the most accurate and current information, but I also post the same stuff on Twitter. I have uh, Pinterest. <laughs> um, what's the other one I have? I keep forgetting Twitter, Pinterest. Oh, Instagram. I knew there was one I was forgetting. So you can get all those links by signing up for my newsletters or on my Facebook page. Um, the best way is probably just going on DanielleDR.com and in, and to order the tear, um, sheets, the four, four fold out page reference sheets that I have, those are also on my website on the trainings page. So when you go to DanielleDR.com, go to trainings, and then you can find the link to purchase those as well. So that's the best way to connect with me, Facebook and on my website. So I look forward to it. Great. And if you're interested in just more information about the oils, you can contact me, Dr. David Kamnitzer, the cutting edge doc at D-R-D-A-V-I-D. That's like Dr. David, D-R-D-A-V-I-D at cutting edge doc. Dot com. That's cuttingedgedoc.com. So it would be drdavid at cuttingedgedoc.com. And I'll be happy to serve you with regard to the oils that you might be interested in. Uh, Danielle, I wanted to, get, wanted to get back to that question that I asked earlier about what you're doing in terms of your own designing your own wellness program and your own support system to stay strong and healthy and optimistic and full of joy as you take on this very intrepid project of bringing um, psychoaromacology to the world. Anything you're doing particularly that's uh, 
you're finding particularly supportive of your wellness right now besides yeah. the oils? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, obviously diet is huge. Um, I also make sure I get out. I live a mile from the beach and it's funny. You think, oh, she's in San Diego. I bet you're at the beach all the time. And I'm like, no, I know. And it's only a mile. And so I make myself, you know, sometimes I, I get out, um, do walks on the walks on the beach, yoga. And I really, a big focus besides the physical. So I, I really look at the physical aspect, the nutritional aspect, and then the emotional aspect besides the essential oils that we've already talked about is really keeping my frame of mind positive. And I know that's like, okay, that's the textbook answer. That's so easy to you know say, but it's a lot harder to do. And it is a lot harder to do. And what you have to do is it takes practice. And any time that I have like maybe some defeating or negative thoughts that come, you have to find tools that you can pull on that will push those away. And sometimes, you know, we think, oh, well, just let me just think about it and ponder it. And you try to figure out when you're in that negative frame of mind. And I'm telling you, that's the wrong moment to figure things out. So what I do in those moments where I'm having maybe some defeating or negative thoughts, I have a couple different coping ways. One is I have a list of either um, audiobooks or you can maybe have podcasts that are uplifting and inspirational. It doesn't have to be maybe spiritual, but it can be. Um, or I, or reading books, um, so spiritual, uplifting, um, could you give inspirational. Maybe, could you give maybe two or three of your favorite uh, people or books or uh, DVDs or CDs that, or who are your go-to places? Yeah, for sure. So um, I definitely um, turn to scriptural scripture reading. That's one thing that's very very helpful, and meditating or prayer. And then book, and then other books wise in the world that I, I really like to turn to, um, some of them are business books that really help me to stay focused, which is um, Mock 2 with Your Hair on Fire. It's by Richard Brooke. I, I love that book. It's fun and it um, definitely talks about positive frame of mind. And The Answer by John Asaraf, which again is all about the power of your thoughts. So I listen to those anytime I'm having just, you know, moments to keep my positivity up because that's very important for chemistry. Negative thoughts actually produce negative chemistry. Positive thoughts produce positive chemistry. It's as simple as that. And the other resource um, that I was going to say, and I just blanked it, so sorry. <laughs> I'll have to come back to it. I'm sure I'll remember. <laughs> you know, one thing you might be interested to kind of motivate you to get more into the podcast world, if you go to my website, cuttingedgedoc.com, and you start to go if you go into the search engine and you put in Richard Brooke, you can listen to a wonderful in-depth interview we did several months ago with Richard. Oh, he's amazing. That's so great. Okay, that would be fun. Yeah, he's a friend of mine and we're both ontological coaches. And so we really, we really get each other and that's, it's really exciting. Oh, that's great. Oh, I know what I was going to say. So yeah, so doing those types of things, keep that positive. If you're ever just at a moment where it's just like, I've had those where it's just so hard to, and I'm just really down and listening to those things. I just, you know, maybe it's not working for me. I'll turn to just a fun novel, just something that is mindless for a little bit to get out of my mind. 
and let myself just relax and calm and then go back to <laughs> doing positive thoughts. So anyway, that's my, that's my coping, just okay. keeping the physical, nutritional, and the mental aspect. Well, my last question for you today, Danielle, is what's on the cutting edge for you these days, both personally and professionally? Are you, how close are you to completing your doctorate? Yeah, so this um, next year I'll be doing, at the end of the year, probably starting my doctoral project, and it will be with essential oil studies and the brain. I don't know exactly what I'll narrow it down to yet, but yeah, so that's next year. After I finish my doctoral project, I will um, be graduated, and I'll be publishing a book on psychoromacology. And, of course, I just continue to do the psychoromacology summits, and I do posts about oils every single day and tips that you can use on my posts and um, in my newsletters. So, yeah, soon my doctorate um, project, publishing a book, and my next thing I would like to do is, um, after all that's done, is reach into orphanage work for mental health and getting to those little children at the beginning stage that they're really needing um, attention for their brain and just getting oils and um, diffused and, and into their lives at that stage of life. I really feel like if you can do prevention, it's way better than trying to do intervention. Well, Danielle, it's been an honor and a pleasure to spend this time with you. Let me leave the last words to you. Do you have any words for our listeners in closing that's kind of, is the spirit moving you to say anything at this time to our listeners? Yeah, the last thing that, as you said that, the last thing that came to my mind is that to not underestimate the power of nature, whether that be in your food and your herbs and your essential oils. Sometimes the results are very, very powerful and strong, and sometimes they're slight. Those little slight things are what is going to produce big changes in your life. And And my favorite thing is, we think about how this world was created, things that were created on this planet, like apples, avocados, all these things. And of course, essential oils were produced for our body. They were already meant for our body. And we're just so blessed to have now as knowledge that we can study and be able to use them and just take advantage of that. Well, Danielle, thank you again. And may your journey be blessed with uh, health and joy and peace and happiness. And I just want to let the listeners know, in case you came in in the middle, that this is Dr. David, the Cutting Edge Doc. And this is another episode of Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul, where we do in-depth interviews with individuals that are doing cutting edge work in the areas of healing or spirituality or social transformation. And today we've been speaking with Danielle Daniel, who is an expert in the use of therapeutic grade essential oils to support people's well-being, especially in the area of mental and emotional well-being. There'll be contact information also on the show notes at cuttingedgedoc.com. So until next time, this is Dr. David signing off and we'll close with love and peace. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul. To access all episodes, including show notes, go to CuttingEdgeDoc.com. That's CuttingEdgeDoc.com. 
Lastly, if you love today's show, you can support Dr. David, his work, and the show by going over to iTunes and giving a five-star rating and a heartfelt comment. Thank you again for joining us today and for your commitment to freeing the body, freeing the soul.